Hey everybody, this is your boy Jim Austin coming to you from the um, podcast recording studios in the stockyards. This is a new venture. I thought I this was the grotto at the Playboy Mansion. Is that where what, we're at? Sir, I'm you're sorry. supposed to follow my lead. I'm sorry. I'll it's the that. first time I've been doing a show. I'll I had somebody interrupt my inter introduction. <laughs> my God, man. Oh, you know, some boys you can't take out of the, out of the country. I wasn't raised right. <laughs> That's right. My God. Well, I, hey, this is Jim Austin. This is the Austin File coming to you from the Stockyards recording studios in the Fort Worth Historic Stockyards. We're going to be interviewing some outstanding guests and we have one in here today. His name is uh, Mark Kelly and uh, he is a, um, would you say a funeral home director or uh, I'm a family I'm a, I'm a life celebrator, a eulogizer, and a storyteller. There it is, you know. Truthfully, and, really. And, Honestly, to tell you, we love Mark Kelly, and there's a lot of people around town that loves him. Gloria and I are particularly fond of him. He's on our board of the National Multicultural Western Heritage Museum. He's a historian, he's a philosopher, and he's got a lot on his mind. So, Mark, where'd you grow up, buddy? I grew up right here in the area, a sixth-generation product of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, born in Cowtown, raised out in the suburbs in Hearst, Texas, and uh, hightailed it out of here back in 1990, lived in five different states, and returned here seven years ago. Wonderful. What's the name of your company? Uh, uh, Lucas Funeral Homes is the main brand we have. We do operate a few others here in Fort Worth, Robertson, Muller, Harper, on 8th Avenue, Calvario, right down the street here at the corner of Northside Drive, North Main, uh, Williams and Lucas, and um, Blessing Funeral Home down in Mansfield. A lot, a lot. Been doing it a while. 160 years this year. 160 years in the house. I mean, in the house. And uh, has a great reputation. And we're going to talk, there's a lot going on with the, uh, the virus, uh, the COVID-19, a lot going on with George Fletcher. There's a lot of conversation. Floyd, yes, George Floyd. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I was going to have to embarrass myself and say, who's George Fletcher? Yes. We're talking about Brother he, Floyd. He's one of our Hall of Famers. Yeah, George Fletcher. Oh, George Fletcher. Yeah, but that's not who I was. No, talking you're talking about Floyd. Floyd. Well, and a lot right, going on at the same week uh, that we had. <laughs> yeah, so so a lot of people protesting and Good. the virus looks like it's brewing and getting ready to explode. The funeral is going on right now. I called home to my wife and I said, "What's wrong, honey?" She said, "The funeral's going on and they're." having the first memorial service for him in Minneapolis. Mm. But today, you know, we want to get a flair as to you see all these 100,000, 108,000 people that have died because of the corona virus. How is this affecting the funeral business and what are you guys doing here in Fort Worth? You know, because uh, just want to know. Well, the probably the the biggest effect that it's had is that it 
the crowd size requirement. Normally, when someone that passes away, that leaves behind loved ones and friends and, you know, everybody that can wants to attend. But, you know, we, what we went through in the beginning was 10 people or less could come because we fall under, funeral homes fall under the guidelines for houses of worship. So it was 10 or less, mm -hmm. and then they increased it to 25% of your occupancy rate, which for most of our chapels, that would be about 30 to 35 people, because mm -hmm. they hold 225, but once you do the math, then you've got to also distance. So uh, that's how. So what we did to try and overcome and help families who were grieving is offer to stream the service live. I just did that this morning uh, for families. They had about 30 people at the service, but we streamed it, and you can see how many people are logging. There were people logging on from a bunch of different states and a few, few different countries. So at least we're able to try and engage the audience watching by showing the family, showing the flowers, showing the deceased, and having whoever, if I'm the celebrant or a pastor, you know, relating to them somewhat. So they can feel somewhat to be a part of. Now, some families have chosen to do that and then are planning a memorial service at a later date. I don't know if they'll follow through with that or not. I hope they do, but, you know, no one knows. I mean, an example is I was an early adopter, got my mask at the end of January. And I wore it when I had breakfast to you the other morning until we sat down at breakfast. And I wore it in here, but now I have it off. You and I are talking, you know, we're not six feet apart. They're not, so, you know, and case counts are still pretty high. So I guess outside, we have had a lot of grave signs too because the virus is not supposed to be stable, you know, in the sun. It mm -hmm. hates the sun, and so to speak. And so we have performed a lot of graveside services. Um, as well. So. Well, you know, with all of that being said, when we had breakfast yesterday morning, both of us walked in with our masks on. Yep. And we sat there and we looked at each other, and I think I made the first motion because we had to eat. So we took our mask off and had conversation with that. So with the virus and not having a, a cure yet, the number of people that will continue to die is going to move forward and you know you see the grave sites in New York and how they're burying people in mass graves and luckily we're not at that uh, capacity here mm -hmm. yet now I will tell you that the county called us early on you know we they've had because all of the crematories in this county are privately owned by funeral homes or mortuary services so the government doesn't run them, so they have to check with us to see what is your capacity. Are you full? Are you midway? Or what? So they can start deciding if it starts to get to a tipping point, they need to rent refrigerated trailers to store. And so we've been a part of all that planning. We, we have the largest and the most modern crematory in the county. And, you know, so we've already had the discussions about what if, how many trailers can fit in your parking lot if we have to get to that point. So we're not there. Hopefully we won't get there. Of course, we don't know what's going to happen in the fall. Is it going to explode like the 1918 pandemic did? You know, 30% of the people died in the spring. 
it lulled in the summer and then it came back with a vengeance and that's when 70% of those millions that died were killed. So we're hoping that doesn't happen. This virus is so different than anything they've seen. So, you know, and our, I'm concerned about my colleagues. They're, when people die, we have to go and receive the loved one into our care. So we have people that have families. I'm my mother's primary caregiver. And so, you know, we're around people that enter nursing facilities, hospitals, they could get exposed. So uh, it's, it's changed everybody's life just like yours. The, the Hall of Fame induction has been postponed until next year. You never thought you'd do that. Never thought we'd have to do that, and, 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 and I fought. And uh, we're two months away, and we just said that half of our inductees of six decided that they did not feel safe traveling. So instead of being there, we thought we'd wait a year and recognize them in 2021. Um, same same time, same day, the fourth Saturday in July. So be looking for some information about that. Um, you and I visited about, you know, um, uh, Floyd um, George and your thoughts about what's what the nation is going through with all this um, disturbance and, and the pain as me and, and my associates as an African-American the pain of seeing that young man um, just uh, um, choked right there on national TV. Yeah, any, well, it, as someone who has a government degree, that's myself, that's what I studied, and I, I live and just, I'm an innate within my soul is democracy and a fair judicial system. And in fact, I have to say the Pledge of Allegiance a lot of different things that I go to, and it always bothers me at the end when it says, and justice for all, because we're so far from that. And there's no way as a guy with white privilege, you know, that I can fully empathize with a black or a brown or a red or a yellow brother or sister. But I consider myself a Jesitarian. Uh, my cousin once asked me, what the hell is that? And I said, I made it up. I tell every chapel that I preach a funeral. So that ought to speak for itself. Um, it's deeply disturbing, and I've not heard the media discuss this. I think I'm correct about this, that Minnesota was the first state to legalize interracial marriage. I heard that. Way back. And Hubert Humphrey of the 1948 convention, Democratic convention, courageous for that time, begged and pleaded with the whole convention to adopt a civil rights pact. This was 1948. So think, three years after, I'm going to stop for a minute and put it for you this way. I helped celebrate the life of a Greek-American named Achilles Kozakis. He flew 34, 35 missions on a B-24 bomber over Italy, bombing Nazi fuel depots. Very famous individual. And he told his daughter, and she told me, for us to relay. If it wasn't for the Tuskegee Airmen, he would not have made it. They always brought him back. So for three years after World War II to end, for our black brothers to return from beating Hitler, to be treated as second-class citizens, I don't need to say anymore, that explains it. So three years later in 48, they passed the Civil Rights Plan. 20 years it takes to get the Civil Rights and Voting Act to be passed in 68. And now in the 52 years since then, where are we? Look where we are today. Well, we know strides have been made. You and I know that just from being able to hang and do what we do. 
but the strides are not there enough. I don't like or condone destruction of businesses, but I understand the rage and the impulse. I mean, look at last, look at what happened the week that Mr. Floyd was killed. Started off with Ahmad Robinson. We saw that horrible being lynched, basically, by those two father and son in Georgia. And then we saw the Obama voting white girl in Manhattan, right, threatened, yeah. I'm going to call her an African-American, followed by what we just saw. You know, there gets to be a breaking point, right? Yeah. So enough is enough. So you asked me about it. My, I hope that we can... Here's what President Obama said, and this is a tough one. The impulsive rage stuff is understandable, but the real progress comes from participating in state and local elections because that's who hires the police chiefs. It's who hires the citizens' oversight committees. But you know what? That's hard to do. When people are growing up in substandard uh, systems, how do, can they really participate in that election process, especially when the status quo wants to make it harder to vote instead of easier to vote. So yeah. I just hope that we can get there and that people realize that I think there's a lot more togetherness in the souls of white people and black people and brown people and native people and Asian people than there is hate and distrust. But Trying, you know, bad news travels a lot faster, right? Mm -hmm. Than good news. Yeah. And there's so much media disinformation and ways to. We got a lot more to bring us together than we do divide us, I guess. So, yeah, I, that's all I can do, Jim. Is I feel like wearing a big shirt that says, "I love black people," you know, because no one can tell by looking at me, just like all these white folks out there that have been taught to fear for generations, right? Yeah. To mm -hmm. look, so no white person can fully empathize and understand what daily somebody looking at them, you know, with fear and with distrust and work, they don't understand what that is. So I just, I don't know, I hope it gets better. I'd hope that it would have gotten better than it is after President Obama was elected. Now, people had too high expectations of him thinking he could walk on water, but he did do a lot of great things. So, all I can do is channel Martin Luther King and Muhammad Ali. Those are two of my greatest heroes from uh, the last century, and do whatever small part I can do. I don't know what that is. But. Well, that's one thing like me and you, you know, when we met, we immediately bonded, you know, and then got to know the best of each other. Because you don't see color, I don't see color. Because... I mean, I just, see it, but I like it. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. what I would say, there, you know. There, I good. want to see color. And, and I that's know what, what you mean. Though. And that's what we celebrated the National Multicultural Western Heritage Museum. And that's the thing, the most important thing honoring all these famous law pe people that are still not in the books. 
we have got the initiative that Gloria and Jim started of trying to get the truth in the curriculum. And I failed when I opened that night when Jay Novacek was in. He's great. I love him. He's a Dallas Cowboy. But what I meant to say, and I didn't, was this is equally, if not more than an honor, than being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's not in, but if he had ever gotten in that, think you're joining a Hall of Fame that represents generations of oppressed and minority lawmen, cowboys, Wild West, that had to overcome all sorts of obstacles, which represents the best of America. That's why I thought President Obama, I've never understood the hatred or the disgust about him from anyone. Hell, he came from a mixed-race family, got through Harvard, became a constitutional law scholar and became president, everybody should have been thrilled instead of fearful of, you know, there goes the neighborhood, so to speak. So I just hope we can, we can get it in the curriculum more, but I think the younger generations are going are gonna to help us write this eventually. we got a long way to go. Mark, it was great talking with you. It's just amazing how quick 20 minutes goes when you're just talking about Because I didn't shut stuff. up. When you're passionate. Well, you did interrupt my opening, you know, and I'm not going to hold that against you because our relationship is like two brothers, you know, that we've known each other all our lives. And I want to thank you as a friend of our family. And, um, you know, we were so lucky to have your funeral home to bury my mother-in-law. And my wife still cherishes how you handled that funeral and the uh, response to the family. And everybody knows Mother Reed was just like a Martin Luther King walking oh. around, and uh, she just had that respect. But you sent her home in a celebration that we will always appreciate from me and my wife. I mean, what so, about Mother Reed having to change high schools because of segregation, having to change schools so she could graduate, and then but still kept in her heart Multicultural. She refused to buy into separation and hatred. I mean, and I never even got to meet the woman, but I was lucky enough to be a part of celebrating her life. And that's Gloria, my wife's mother, Mother Reed, and um, you know she loved her son-in-law. Did she tell you that? You oh. know, uh, I, I channeled that. I gathered that from her. <laughs> <laughs> I tell my wife all the time, so I'm going to tell Mother Reed on you, you know, you're not doing right by me. But, hey, it was great. You're going to have to come back. Man, you came in here sharp as a tech, bro. I'm not going to come with Jim Austin not come sharp. Are you kidding? You know, I just want to hang with you and go do stories that uh, can't be told. There it is. We're getting there the one-minute sign. Yeah. I always like to see Marvin anyway. I haven't seen him in a long time. Hey, Marvin, so. grab, grab Mark's hat. He's one of the right nice, over there. Marvin's right one of the nice guys. This, this dude, yeah, loves hats. And when oh, my yeah. producer is just saying, hey, it's time to chop it down. Oh, my Go ahead and put, 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 put that on for the folks. So, All right. So, yeah, yeah, there he is, Mark Kelly, my friend, Lucas Funeral Homes. Look him up if, if, if you need and don't. I, I don't. I hope you don't ever need, but at some point we're all going to pass on. Give them an opportunity. My friend, it was good to check, break it up, chop it up with you, and Thanks. I look seeing, nice, you, seeing you around the, around the fort. Thanks, brother. Okay, wrap it up. Thank you. See you.